And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Welcome to the NBA Daily Ding on the Athletic NBA Show. Ding, ding. How about we can just watch basketball? I like that idea. Welcome to the Daily Ding here on the Athletic NBA Show. I'm Jared Weiss. Bo DeKill joining me. Daniel Lehman is our producer. And we just had an unbelievable thriller end here on the Lakers winning 117-112 on the Warriors. The Warriors came back. Steph tied it up with another dagger and then just like insanity in pursuit. Yeah, I mean, it was just wild from there. I mean, it's, it's almost kind of a blur how quickly everything went in that instance Jared like that was probably the quickest two minutes we've had in in sort of end of game stuff uh where do you want to I don't even know where to begin with this <laughs> I mean the obvious one because you have a strong opinion on this would be the Jordan pool shot at the very end or the Jordan pool shots in general so I I don't I don't really like I don't think Jordan Poole's that good. He has shot selections really terrible, evident by the second-to-last shot he took I thought was a really bad shot. Everybody's going to harp on this shot that he took to tie the game. Look at what happened. The Warriors bring the ball up quickly after getting a, a opportunity here to tie the game. They bring it up. The Lakers do a great job with trapping Curry in the corner. Curry has no choice but to give up the ball. Draymond gets it, swings it to Jordan Poole, Probably about like five seconds left when he does it. Jordan Poole, what would you say, Jared? What, like four feet off the line? <laughs> he was, probably it, more than that. I mean, he was like 32, 34 feet out there. It, it was, was as a far deep, as he can go. It was a deep, deep three. It was probably in between half, in between the halfway mark and, and the three-point arc. I mean, it was that deep. But it was a wide open look. And I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think they're getting a better look than that. And he just missed I mean, it short. And it's not a game. This is a game where he had it going. Ideally, you'd want to call a timeout when Steph gets doubled there. But Kerr, I guess, let it ride. And Steph was able to swing it to Draymond. He was able to swing it to Poole. I think the only frustration with Poole doing that is just that you have time. You have timeouts. Like, you can create yourself a better look. But I guess it's ingrained in the Jordan Poole. And you know Steph Curry would take that same shot, too. If I'm open, I'm open. I'm taking it. I mean, we're talking about a guy who was before that point six of ten from three. Like, I mean, listen, and I, and I thought some of them were some of the shot selection was awful, but at the same time, too, when we're going to say, hey, you know, uh, they had timeouts and things like that, I like that they went and went for it. I don't. There's no guarantee they're going to get an end of game look out of this. You know, the Lakers' defense was really good today, and I think you have to give it credit on that. This is the opportunity, and a lot of coaches feel that way. Hey, let's go. Don't let them get their best defenders on the floor. Let's make sure we can attack and try to go right away with that. I Listen, we can nitpick all we want with this. Should they call the timeout, whatnot, all that stuff, things like that. They got an open look. It's not a great look. It was a deep three, but it was an open look. And I don't think they're getting anything better because I don't think the Lakers were letting them get the ball back to Curry. 
Yeah, that's not happening. Okay, let's go over to the Lakers because they won this game. They're up 1-0 in this series. They get a huge win on the road. Anthony Davis, he sat four minutes in this game, and he just dominated. He was unbelievable. 30-23, five assists, and four blocks, and only one turnover. Like, that's that's unbelievable, man. Like, that's if AD can play like that the entire series, the Warriors have a massive problem on their hands. Like, the way he was playing and was just locked in on almost every possession, again, only sat four minutes, you just blow, you're just blown away with that kind of effort from what you're getting from him. Yeah, I mean, he kind of lost steam in the fourth quarter. He went one for five from the field. I mean, the whole Lakers offense lost steam. They only shot 33% in the fourth quarter. They went one for eight from deep. But they were fighting on the glass, and that really comes down to AD and LeBron. They gave themselves uh, you know, some second chances there. And the way they were protecting the rim in this game, like they had 10 blocks in this game. Yeah, I mean, it was just really one of those things. I mean, LeBron had a hell of a block in transition. I think just the way they were doing it, Vanderbilt did a great job, I thought, on Steph Curry just kind of staying attached to him and, and, and hounding him. I mean, r- really, honestly, just impressed with the Lakers defense. They were they knew who the guys they could lay off of. Hey, we're going to let guys like uh, Peyton shoot. We're going to let Moody shoot. They were even willing to let Wiggins shoot. Like they were just like, we're not we're, we're going to be up on the other guys. We know what we know our assignments like that was actually really good team discipline as well. Great game plan from Darvin Ham. Like this is a well-earned win for the Lakers. Yeah, I mean, Clay, Steph, and Poole all had six threes, and then it was Green had two, and then Wiggins had one. Like, nobody else really made them pay from outside. But uh, Clay and Curry, yeah, for there were some stretches in this game where it just like it seemed like the Lakers just could not keep up with just the pace and the decision making, all that kind of stuff. But the Lakers persisted anyway, just by dominating at the rim. Yeah, and I think the other thing, too, when we talk about the Warriors. I mean, the Warriors only had eight turnovers, five of them from Steph Curry. Like, that's tough, man. That's that's hard in that instance, you know, from there. And despite that, still had 14 more shots than the Lakers overall. I thought the Lakers dominated the paint. They were just, I again, kudos to the Lakers. This is a nice win. And this is why it was so important for them to finish the Grizzlies off early because they got a couple of days rest and they got, you could see it where everybody had more bounce in their steps. No, the Bears awake. Uh, there, there are two numbers that were just wild in this game. The three-point attempt disparity, it was 53 for the Warriors and 25 for the Lakers. The Warriors hit 21 threes. They hit almost more threes than the Lakers even took. Then on free throws, 29 to six in favor of the Lakers. So these two, like the two styles of these teams like were extremely apparent at the beginning or like right away at the beginning of the series. Yeah, and I know a lot's going to be said about the Warriors not getting to the free throw line a lot, and and a lot of people are going to complain about the officiating. I just felt like the Lakers were the more aggressive team, and I think when you're the more aggressive team, you get to the line more. And I think that's kind of an important uh, view there, and I think that's sort of what led to that disparity that the the Warriors ended up, you know, just having so. I mean, only six free throws. Is kind of insane for the Warriors, right? But I just felt like they were out, out on the perimeter a whole lot more. Yeah. Also, shout out to Jared Vanderbilt, who hit a three. <laughs> the Warriors gave it to Barely. Him. That, that thing like crawled into, like it crawled just <laughs> over the rim. Like that thing was a line drive to the to the rim. Yeah. And the Dennis Shooter, he had 19 points. He got to the line 10 times. He got to the line more than the Warriors total. And he, he had some good deflections like late in this game. He was actually really putting in that work. No, I mean, listen, he was aggressive. He did a good job on Steph when he was in the game. He had a clean strip of Steph, I think, in the first half. That led to an easy transition bucket. Like, man, what the Lakers are a good defensive team, and and 
you got to kind of point to Darvin Ham doing a great job with that. Um, and they did all that despite giving up 23 rebounds to Gavon Looney, seven of them offensive. Looney, by the way, just on another rebounding tear. This dude's unbelievable. Didn't he have like 20 or 21 in the first three quarters? Like he didn't even do anything in the fourth quarter. That yeah, was it was it was something like that. He was absurd, you know, with what he was doing on the glass. And I think he just also eventually ran out of gas. He only played th- 29 minutes, but I think he just sort of petered out. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, let's move on to the Knicks tying it up against the Heat without Jimmy Butler. They won 111 to 105. Jalen Brunson just continues to be the GOAT. Yeah, I mean, listen, first, let's just go to the Heat nearly stealing this game. Yeah. Nearly stealing this game without Jimmy Butler and, and going, you know, would have gone to Miami up 2-0. But man, Jalen Brunson, who was really kind of just flat out bad in the first half, explodes in the second half. He finished with, what, 23 points in the second half? Mm-hmm. Like, he was unstoppable at that point. And I think that was something that was pretty interesting to watch uh, with with kind of just how that all played out for them. The the. Knicks, excuse me, about to say Warriors. The Knicks kind of just continuing to hustle and stay locked in smart possessions. Julius Randle was huge, making his comeback tonight uh, for the Knicks. I thought he played, made some big, big plays, especially the big one, which was the three to the corner to uh, Quentin Grimes uh, when Lowry went to go double. Yeah, he had eight dimes. Uh, Josh Hart had nine assists. He was one assist shy of a triple-double. That was fascinating. But Ra- Randle, you know, I actually tweeted in the first half it was frustrating watching the way he was trying to play make where he would just ignore a few of the guys lifting or, or popping off of the doubles he was drawing he wouldn't like he would shoot when he had a loose double on him he would look to pass as like a, a last resort but i feel like in the second half he started to really embrace that i don't know if if the coaching staff was showing him some film at halftime but it just it looked like randall was starting to understand the timing on when to look for the pass and that really opened up the next offense especially in the fourth quarter yeah, I mean, just eight assists just on that. I mean, in the first, I mean, in the first quarter, he had a great pass where they doubled him and he found RJ Barrett on cross court for a three that he buried. And then I thought, hey, like he, he felt pretty confident in what he was doing in in those situations and reading the floor. Uh, I can't express em- enough like how big time of a play it was when they found Quentin Grimes. I mean, the Heat are down one and making a run here a little bit, and. You know, the double team comes. He had Gabe Vincent on him. Lowry comes over to double and give help, and he doesn't hesitate. Fires that pass to Grimes in the corner who drills it. If they can get this kind of stuff from Randall, I think this is a team that's going to end up in the conference finals. I think that's going to be one of those things. But you also have to be a little bit worried where you say, like, man, the Heat didn't have Jimmy Butler, and you had all your guys, and you barely won. 
Listen, man, Spo is just like I was watching this game. I'm like, I know it's a, it's game two of the second round, but these are one of these games that makes me think like is Spo the best coach ever? Because there is uh, among the many things besides like Gabe Vincent and Martin taking over and being the leading scorers in this game, it was the inbound play to Duncan Robinson at the very end of the game where Kyle Lowry lets the ball bounce after the ref hands it to him and they just start executing the play before the actual count starts. I mean, that like, I don't think I've ever seen that before. It's like they keep coming up with stuff you just can't imagine. Well, when I was in San Antonio, we had a play like that where guys started moving before the uh, before the ref handed them the ball. But this was kind of perfect because it caused enough confusion for the, the Knicks to get them to all let their guard down because Randall was the one guarding Robinson. And he all of a sudden, Robinson just shoots off. You know, Struess and Bam to the to the corner for the three. I think you just see Randall going like, "Oh boy!" and then he's got to run over. Um, I think that's just some evil genius stuff that Spo does. I mean, he's an unbelievable end of game coach. So let's say let's say Jimmy Butler can't play in Game Three. Did you look at tonight as like this is Miami's best shot without him, or Miami's going to continue to be in this no matter what, no matter who's on the floor? If if they don't have Jimmy, I I think this was their best shot without him. And I think that's a really important thing there. There's a lot of time. These guys don't play again till Saturday. There's a lot of time right there. I think Jimmy's going to be ready to go by Saturday for the most part. Um, and, and this will be kind of a moot question. And I think it's going to be important because Jimmy adds so much more for this team. And if he's, if he can go at like 80% Jimmy, I mean, man, I think, I think that he can win this series. I mean, it's, it, this is a real toss up series for me. By the way, what the hell with the schedule? They're done playing Saturday. I'm on the Sixers Celtics series. We literally play every other day. There's no gaps in the series. I don't you, know how that happened. I'll tell you how that happened. Your team screwed around <laughs> and ended up in playing a game six when there shouldn't even have been a game five. Okay. And now and now these schedules kind of off kilter and the NBA is fixing it so that everybody will play around the same time at game four and the series can possibly end at the same time, but also your Celtics are continuing to screw around, Jared. Listen, man, I don't know how many times I can write about them turning it over with two minutes left in the game where they have in hand, but maybe they should read The Athletic a little bit more and they can listen to The Daily Ding on The Athletic NBA Show because Mo Tequila is on it. I'm Jared Weiss. Daniel Lehman is our producer, and we will see you next time on The Ding. Ding, ding. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel.
Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. 